Hi, my name is Max and today we will talk about how to get to the top of Google search and increase your sales leads. Our guest today is uh, Richard Conway, who is the CEO and founder of Few SEO Limited. Welcome to the show for business owners, proudly brought to you by easyfreight.co.nz. In this show, we introduce successful tools and tactics which you can apply today. Subscribe now and take your business to the next level. They help businesses to get to the top of Google search. Starting with $200 budget in 2011, the company has grown from being a one-man band into a 68-person company across five offices. Richard writes a monthly article on digital marketing for major New Zealand publications. He has also recently written a book about search engine optimization, which we will link in the notes. If you want to learn more about other business growth tips, then make sure you subscribe to this channel and you can ask any questions in the comments below. Richard, would you like to add anything else about yourself or your company? Cool, no. Um, as you said, started Pure SEO um, shortly after I arrived in New Zealand, didn't know anyone and had to grow it using digital marketing. So quite happy to share whatever's worked for us. I've been following you for a while and uh, Richard, I've noticed you've been featured in many New Zealand major news websites, NPR, New Zealand Herald. How did you manage to get that much attention? Did you have to pay to be featured or how does it work? So when I started the business, I didn't know anybody in New Zealand. I was a new immigrant. And so I had to kind of get out and be noticed. Uh, I'm not naturally someone who likes to be front and center, but I read uh, Losing My Virginity by Richard Branson and, and he did lots of sort of stunts to get front and center and because he couldn't afford big marketing. Yeah, I've done various, I've used PR agencies, I've sent stuff to journalists directly and over the years I've created connections and people have then approached me and started to get me to write stuff. And what, what do you um, write at the moment? Well, what's the biggest demand from small business owners? So currently I write uh, a monthly column for uh, New Zealand Business Magazine that's around SEO, digital marketing and entrepreneurship. I also write a monthly coaching column for M2 and M2 Women Magazine and that's just sort of tips around how to get higher on search, how to do digital marketing and, and running a business. And to talking about uh, tips how to, to be on top of the Google search engine, can you please give us a couple of examples what uh, some of your clients did to get some real results? Yeah, I'll actually give you a cool example that I saw yesterday from, from our own website. So if you type into Google, Google My Business Listing, which is a Google product, what we've done is you type it in, you get our website comes up with something called a featured snippet. So it comes up position zero on Google above position one. Then you get Google position one and we're position two organically. And that's something called featured snippets. What you've got to do to appear in a featured snippet, it's like an answer within the search results, is you've got to make sure that you're answering questions that people might ask. You can go to websites like Ask the Audience to get ideas of questions to answer. And then you structure it properly when you write the HTML code. So it could be using lists, lists paragraphs, headings, H1, H2. You make sure everything's structured properly and then Google will decide whether it will put your website as the answer. I hear that you are saying that businesses have to be active, publish articles on the internet to be noticed by Google. Uh, from your experience, is it better nowadays to say publish one article a week, four articles a month, or better concentrate on a big, long article once a month? 
so statistics and our own experience has shown that an article length should be around 2000 words sort of minimum to for really for Google to really value it highly. And so that's long form content. You don't want something that's really short. It's better to put out less content and more valuable content than it is to just put stuff out because you think you need to. And a good way that people can do that in an efficient manner is they can spend one day just doing loads of keyword research and finding keywords that their target market is searching for, but they don't have the content on their website. And then they can plan out for 12 months in advance what they're going to write each month, or what they're going to write each week. And that way, they don't have to think, well, it's the beginning of the week, what am I going to write about? They've actually done all the research in advance and so they've plotted it out for the year. So it makes it much easier because you think a lot of businesses struggle with, oh, what am I going to put out? Do the keyword research and that should dictate what you put out. As a business owner, I've done the keyword research. I know what I'm going to write about, but I just, I'm, I'm not an expert. I'm not a copywriter. What do you advise to to people like this, small business owners, how should they approach this task? So it depends. One of the things that Google looks for in content is known as EATS, that's expertise, authority, and trust. The authority aspect of it is around editorial authority, so spelling, punctuation. So that's important to get that right. However, if you're selling something, you're likely to be an expert in your field, and you're likely to be able to have that knowledge. So if you're not comfortable creating the copy for your website, so your language skill may not be great, it's good to maybe get down all that information and then employ a copywriter, which it doesn't have to cost a fortune to then put that in something that's really easy to read and understand. And Richard also heard some examples where people can employ people to, um, to record their voice so they can, they don't have to actually type all these answers. They don't have to write all these articles. 2,000 words could be a daunting task. So they can speak to like a smartphone for, I don't know, five or 10 minutes and uh, then transcribe it. Is it one of the ways we people can do write articles? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the stuff I do, I sit down with our copywriters. We've got eight full-time copywriters in the office and I sit down and I sort of, explain what I want and regurgitate the information and they put it into copy for me. So absolutely, it's a good idea. The other thing is what people can do. You need to have Google Analytics installed on your website. It's totally free. Once you put that content out and you've shared it on social media and you've tried to amplify it, you need to look at what content's actually resonating with people and see what they're doing on those pages because that will give you an insight into what's working and what's not and will shape future efforts. And just as yeah. an aside, content doesn't necessarily have to always be text content. It could be video, it could be a podcast, it could be an interactive infographic. There's all sorts of different types of content. You've got to think all Google cares about is giving users what they want. If your customer would engage with a infographic better than they would with text, if that's your kind of customer, then create content for your customer. So is there one better than the other, say uh, video, audio or text? Is one performing better in 2019? So it's an interesting one because Google can't really read a video, although on YouTube, which is the second biggest search engine in the world, with video, what we like to do is we like to actually put a transcript under, so have the words under so that Google can understand the content within it. But at the moment, text is easier to rank for. However, we're going through an evolution at the moment where more and more video is being easier to produce and consumed online. And so I think importance of video is only going to increase. I see. 
And how much money a small business owner should budget for if they want to just start and get some results? So do you mean from an SEO perspective or from a video perspective? Say, what's the most effective, say, text, right? Yeah. So if you if you re- remove that, create the text. But what's really important is there's something called meta tags on a web page. You've got a meta title tag, which appears at the top of the browser, and it's like the single most important thing for Google to understand what that page is about. Now, making sure that meta title tag is properly constructed is massively important. It's given weight from the left to the right. So the words on the left are more valuable than the words on the right and should really keep it within 69 characters. So, for example, say you want to write an article about importing from China, and that's what the article is about. Your meta title tag could be ways to import from China and China importation. And then you've got a meta description tag, and that's what appears in search engines underneath the clickable link. Now, that doesn't directly affect the rankings, but it does affect the number of people who click on your link. And if the number of people who click on your link is disproportionate to your position on the search result, then Google will start to rank you higher because they think it's relevant for people. So, uh, Richard, we, so we don't lose our audience meta tag. <laughs> basically, you, you can employ one of, I don't know, um, freelancers and they can help a small business owner to set up the back end of the website. Yeah, and if, if you're using WordPress, there's like plugins, things like Yoast, which make it really easy. They tell you a meta title tag and it will give you a green, orange, red if you're in the character limit. Most CMSs will have the ability to put that and the title tag and the description should be unique for every page and should relate to the content on that page. What are the most common mistakes that you see small business owners make in New Zealand? So there's several. So one is, is not doing the title tag. A lot of people have home or their brand name in the title. Well, it's, it's arguably your most valuable real estate on your website. And if you've got home on it, well, you're never going to rank for the term home. If you've got your brand name in it, well, you're going to rank number one for your brand anyway. So that's a missed opportunity. The other is going for design over content. You, know, you get some web pages where there's no content, there's no text on the home page and things. And, and so it's very difficult for Google to understand that. If you think, you or me look at a website, immediately we'll recognize the logo in the top left-hand corner. Google doesn't look at things in that way. It can't look at a web page and know that it's a logo in the top left corner. And so having things properly marked, so with alt attributes or headings and things like that, are really important for search engines. And a lot of people don't think about the basics. And the basics are quite easy to implement if you've got a content management system like WordPress or Drupal or any of those, Shopify. Talking about Google, I've noticed recently that some companies, when you search for a company name and at the top of Google AdWords, you see their company name. So it seems like they're bidding on their own brand. Is it advisable to pay to bid on your own brand or Google is smart enough anyway to bring up this result anyway? Why do some companies pay for it? Right. So there was a court case quite a long time ago involving Gucci. What happened as a result of that is it allows people to bid for brand names, but they can't have brand names in the adverts. So what that means is your competitors can bid for your brand name. And if that's happening, sometimes it's a good idea to bid for your brand name. However, if nobody's bidding for your brand and you're number one organically, then it's a waste of money throwing it. But a lot of agencies will try and get you to bid for your brand name because it shows massively high click-through rates. It artificially inflates the figures. Personally, we have to bid for our brand name as pure SEO because 
we got loads of competitors bidding for our brand name. Most of our clients, we tell them not to bid for their brand name because their competitors aren't bidding for it. Some clients in bigger clients, we've actually got them to approach their competitors that are bidding for their brand and ask them to stop and create a truce. And that's also works because ultimately you're going to rank number one. You're going to have the maps listing, the Google My Business listing. You're paying for for no reason. Talking about money, um, we have a question from Alona who is asking, so how, how much? Hey, Alona. Uh, <laughs> How much uh, should you spend uh, on Google Google AdWords? Like, what's the minimum budget for a small company so the minim- in New Zealand? The minimum budget, you can start with a dollar a day, $5 a day. Pure SEO, my own company, we spend about five, $6,000 a month. The reason we do that is over time, we've worked out which keywords actually convert. Now, we, we actually have an open budget. It kind of tops out between four and six K a month. I look at it that if I put a dollar in, and I make minimum $3 from that, I will just open up the budget. So it's really around testing and seeing what's working. Ultimately, it needs to be profitable. Now, if your product or service has got tiny margins, then Google AdWords probably isn't for you. Now, if it's got brilliant margins, then you keep putting money in until you reach that critical point. The other thing is if you're a retailer, there's something called Google Shopping, which is the product listing ads, which are actually really cheap and uncompetitive at the moment. And they allow you to have a picture, price, and things like that. So it really depends how much you're comfortable spending. The beauty of Google AdWords is you can set a daily budget. Once it's spent, your ads stop appearing, and then it starts the next day. But you can change that anytime you want. I would say put how much you're comfortable spending on, say, one month. So I'm going to spend this over a month. Test it. If it works, alter your budget accordingly. Richard, I see that some agencies, they still do print advertising, say they advertise in business magazines. Is there something that I'm missing or print is still working in one way or another? So it really depends on on the type of business. If you're a consumer goods, sometimes print is a, is a good medium. Personally, we try lots of different channels. We've tried the radio before. We got I think 14 branded cars on the road. I actually had a girl on social media have a go at me because I said, you know, see this branded pure SEO car on the road. They're supposed to be a digital agency. But ultimately, if it works, you do it. We get leads for our branded cars. So I think it's good to try different mediums. Radio broke even for us. Uh, We spent 60 grand, so a lot of money. Uh, We didn't make anything of it, but we didn't lose anything. So I'd say it was a bit of a failed experiment. PR has been good for us. So when, when you get in the Herald and things like that, it's been a really good return on investment. But there has to be a decent story around it. We sponsor an event called Unfiltered. That's been quite good for the brand because it's our target market to a certain extent. We initially did it because I know the founder is trying to help him out, but there actually is value in it. We do all sorts of networking. So print does work for certain types of businesses, but not for every business. We had a question from Ben. How to protect your content from being stolen or copied by other businesses in your industry? Say you've spent, I don't know, a couple of hours writing an article how to import goods from China. You've paid a couple hundred dollars to design it. And then another competitor just copied it. So there's two answers to that. So if they copy it verbatim, they copy it exactly. You need to put, there's something called a 
canonical tag you can put in your coding. What that does is that tells Google, this is the original version of that content. If two people have that and one person has a canonical tag and it being the original version, then Google will show the original version. The other side is there will always be competitors copying you. It's a pain in the, it happens. Like there's not much you can do about it. So I kind of figure if a competitor is copying us, then they're following, they're not leading. And so we'll always be better than them. We'll always push the boundaries. We'll always do more. So I don't worry about people copying us or taking our information. I want us to be thought leaders. In fact, yeah, imitation is a form of flattery, isn't it? I don't mind people copying our information. It happens all the time. We want to push the boundaries. We want to be the leader and you know, let people follow us. It's They're never going to win in the long run. Is Google smart enough to actually put your content above the person that copied it? So I'll, I'll give you a great example. One of our clients, the All Blacks Tours, they are the official uh, tour company for the All Blacks. They also distributed through other agencies. So Air New Zealand was one of the agencies they distributed through. Now, Air New Zealand put up the All Blacks page on their website and because of the kudos of Air New Zealand, they were number one on Google when you put All Blacks tours. And so what we did is we put that canonical tag on the uh, All Blacks tours website and overnight, uh, Air New Zealand disappeared and All Blacks tours was number one when you put in their brand. If you do specify that canonical, it does work. Good tip. We have a question uh, from Alex, a long hey, question. Uh, let me read it out. Uh, he actually read your book. Um, cool. <laughs> how to get to the <laughs> top of Google search. And he has a question. Uh, he is also an entrepreneur himself. He is cool. curious whether uh, personal connections still work for you, Richard, and should he utilize groups like BNI to grow a business? What's your opinion? Okay. Uh, so firstly, thank you for reading the book. I'd be interested to uh, uh, hear what you thought about it. Without a shadow of a doubt, personal connections, especially in New Zealand, are massively important. You know, people buy off people. And I grew in the first year of my business I had I didn't know anyone in New Zealand I, I grew it entirely off that networking going out and it's not natural for me that kind of thing the more you do it the more people you meet uh, without a shadow of a doubt it's probably absolutely critical to um, the success of a business and I still do it today I'm a member of entrepreneurs organization New Zealand leaders and I spend quite a lot of time going out meeting people and I don't sell at all I don't it's not in my nature. I'm British. I don't try and go and sell. I try either give value or just create connections. And if you get on with someone, they end up working with you. And if you do a good job, then they tell other people and it, it expands. So absolutely, if it was me and I'm starting my business, I'd be going to BNI's, I'd be getting a business mentor, I'd be going out networking, I'd be getting myself out there. Richard, we have another question from Lily. Hey, Lily. She is asking, uh, in terms of social media, can you give, say, one mistake that business owners uh, should avoid? And maybe you can see that keep making. Yeah, so a big thing to avoid in social media is if you do get any negativity, is deleting it or not responding. People, you generally inflate the situation or you don't show yourself in a good light if you don't deal with things. I have the ethos of treating every customer the way I want to be treated myself. Now, if someone does post something negative on your social media profile or, or you do have some negative feedback, I think dealing with it in a professional, polite and good manner 
publicly shows yourself in a good light and it actually shows the way you conduct business. Fair enough, if you want to move it offline, you say, look, can we discuss this? Give me your contact details. But I'm definitely of the opinion that you should never delete them, you should, unless there's profanity. You should deal with it in an open and transparent manner. I've noticed that myself as well, when you reply to comments, it's also good for algorithm because people will be notified in the social media and they will come back to this post. Yeah. You, you may even start some conversation and it will, will bump up your social media in the ranks. So that's a good advice. I 100% agree. I have another question. Yeah, I, um, yep, keep going, Richard. I'll tell you one, one other thing. I think 2019 is probably the year of LinkedIn. We've got a really unique situation at the moment where organically LinkedIn gives you loads of reach so you don't have to pay for it. Now, that's not always going to be the case. You know, once they get a certain, they'll start to monetize it. But at the moment, you get lots of free reach through LinkedIn. And so I would suggest that people over the next six, 12 months, just keep using it until that value, like it has with Facebook, sort of reduces. I 100% agree. I think uh, LinkedIn is a hidden germ because like on Facebook, on the same video content, you can have only oh, sorry, 100 views. For a sec. Uh, I was saying that on Facebook, if you publish the same video, you could have 100 views and on LinkedIn, you could have 1000 views. It really works. Richard, we have another question from Joanna. She is asking, Hey, Joanna. How would you recommend she would ensure her SPA, I'm not sure what's, what does SPA stand for, is indexed by Google? So SPA uh, is a single page application. So that's a website that's basically one page, It, but it shows loads of pages. It sort of generates it. So it's, it's probably the most complicated area of SEO. And there's very few companies that are able to do it. It's, it's probably too complicated to get into on this, but I would say using something called server-side rendering is probably the answer. But it's, it's a massively complex thing. And we're going to see more and more websites being built on SPAs because coders love it because it's very neat. It's, it's massively complex and it's a case-by-case -case basis, but in general, server-side rendering. Richard, thank you for your time. Um, how would you like people to find you or read more about you? Cool. Um, as someone mentioned, uh, I recently got asked by Penguin Random House to write a book. So how to get to the top of Google search. It's in every bookshop. So if you're interested in DIYing your SEO, it's a really easy to understand way to do so. Um, did it for small businesses to help themselves. I'm on LinkedIn. You can go to our website, which is pureseo.co.nz. Contact me on, yeah, like I say, LinkedIn or Instagram or something like that. I'm pretty relaxed, so cool. Thank you, Richard. I'll mention everything in the notes. And uh, Richard, I uh, appreciate your time and talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for listening and nice to talk to you, Max. Take care. Thank you for watching. In the next episode, we talk to Logan Wedgwood, who is an author and business growth specialist. You will learn how to increase your sales by three times and what daily habits to apply to improve your business profits.